1: What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL Show, sponsored by our friends at DraftKings. Stay tuned, because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. As noted, this is TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL Show. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, Spotify etc, etc. You can also watch our show live normally on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. Uh, you can do that with all of our productions around here, but you can't do this one because we are recording it ahead of time. We're always honest about how the sausage gets made. It's Wednesday, February 21st. For us, us is myself, RJ Cho from Blogging The Boys and himself, Steven Turner from Arrowhead Pride. Steven, happy hump day. I'm really excited about the NFL Combine. It's coming up really <laughs> quick. Um, I was all ready to jibber-jabber for like five minutes and you just dive right in
0: (laughs) well it's so it's just been the the chiefs what they don't tell you about you know winning back-to-back super bowls and, and being and covering this team that is just at the height of the sport is how long the seasons are because when you open the NFL season, you start training camp two weeks earlier than everybody else does. You play longer than everybody else does. And then you win the Super Bowl, and then immediately you have to turn the page to the NFL combine. It's kind of, there's no break. There's no time in between.
1: We all feel really badly for you, Steven. Just so you're clear. Um, it's a bummer that you haven't had time to, you know, watch your favorite shows that you're behind on or, you know, I don't know, clean an area of your residence that maybe (laughs) has been neglected for the last few months. Um, Can I get one point of jimber in before we talk NFL? Because I had one ready for you. Absolutely. So we're recording this early, as mentioned. Um, It's Wednesday for us, but we're dropping it on Friday, as usual. I mean, it would be TGI football wouldn't work if we dropped on Wednesdays normally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be traveling. And so uh, the fellas were, or Stephen was nice enough to be able to hop on with me on Wednesday ahead of time. Uh, and since we're going to talk about something a little bit more evergreen, we figured it was safe, uh, but going to be traveling. And I've asked Brandon this before, what's the ideal, you're going, you're driving a few hours. Like, I want to hear your setup. Like, you know, are you listening to music? Are you doing podcasts? What kind of snack? What kind of drink? You know, like, what's your ideal time to drive? Just paint me the best possible picture for Stephen.
0: So when I drive places, I'm one of those people, especially if it's a long one, like I'm talking like five plus hours. Okay. I want to get up at like 5 a.m. And like, OK, and and, and get and get going as early as possible. So I don't waste time when we get there. Um, OK, so I'm I would I'm a big coffee person. I usually like to start the morning with podcasts and then I'll switch to music later on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a big like breakfast sandwich person. So it, c- it could be like Mickey D's or something. It doesn't have to be anything expensive, but ha- have something there that is okay to just like eat throughout the, the drive.
1: I, um I think all that's really well said. Um, It's a big, Dad, move to want to get up early, right? And like beat the traffic and whatever. Um, but I, I, and even more so to be able to like get the most out of the day, you know, from when you get to the point, like whatever your destination is. Um, not a dad move, but a big husband move or partner move. Um, I didn't realize this until I started dating my now wife, but when she was my girlfriend and we would go on trips, um, because I I hadn't really had, you know, a, a long term relationship like that. Look at me, one for one. Uh, but anyway, um, do you see what's happening <laughs> yeah uh, what, was, what was that <laughs> that must be a function of the new fancy new computer i don't know uh, wow I, the one time we're not on youtube <laughs> um so um i was telling Stephen right before we started recording this different tangent um that i got a new computer uh from us for here, here at work because my other one was breaking and um, right now, I, I threw the double thumbs up. It's not doing it again. And there it goes. <laughs> and these like fireworks were exploding behind me uh, here on our streaming platform. So that's a fun, you try it, Steven. I want to know if it'll work.
0: I don't, it doesn't work for me. I don't know, but like... do it the
1: way I did, like on either side of your, your face. Maybe it will. It has to be Wait. a StreamYard function. It can't be like a, it's not it's gotta be a <laughs> you function. It, that was really I've never weird
0: seen that before I am in streamyard, stream yard all day every day. I've never seen that happen before.
1: I've seen um like if you put one up it, it I've seen it do like a, a, a there there it goes. I've seen that before the, the thumbs up thing. but can you try that one because i've I've seen that happen many times. Let's see. no, wow, what the heck. anyway, either way, okay, that was really uh, anyway, the point I was gonna make was, um it's difficult to set up something to eat. You talk breakfast sandwich when you're on when you're on the road. Uh, My wife is so kind. We'll go through and she'll um, I don't like to eat a burger or a sandwich when I'm driving. It's too difficult. Uh, So I usually get like chicken tenders or something like that. And she'll set up the box or the bag to make it easy and accessible for me. So
0: shout out to her. Yeah. Breakfast burritos. Also clutch. Like they gotta be smaller though. You can't eat like it's,
1: a big break. It's a risk. Um it's a risk, but you know, hey. Um so today I mentioned something evergreen. We are going to dive into just last week we did kind of questions about the off season. This week we're gonna do questions about free agency specifically. Um kind of everything we kept the umbrella wide so we can, you know, not have to specify and keep ourselves safe. Um do you wanna start? Just go back and forth, ping and pong. Um you start. I trust you. I think that Kirk Cousins is going to be the highest paid player in NFL history in some capacity when he signs his deal. And I say some capacity, like it's either going to be, you know, the the most guaranteed money ever handed out in like a three year window. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be some distinction to his contract that makes him the highest earner in that particular way in NFL history. So my question, I guess is, do you agree?
0: Um, Yeah, I I think so. Uh, I think that is going to happen because I know I know Kirk's coming off of a serious injury, but he was playing as well as he's ever played in his career last year before he got hurt. And and really, I think it speaks. We've talked a lot of Kirk Cousins on this podcast because it it seems like, you know, he's a player who took a long time to get to where he's at currently, but he has gotten better over his entire NFL career. And whether you want to say like he performs on clutch or whatever, like that's totally debatable, but he has put up strong numbers. He is a serviceable starting NFL quarterback who I think could make the vik who I think should stick with the Vikings. But if he goes somewhere else, I think he he's a capable guy. If he's healthy, who who will make the team better. And we've seen him kind of, I, I would make the case that he's been the smartest one of the smartest quarterbacks in NFL history of like navigating his income and how much he thinks that he is worth, like what he did uh, with Washington and then to get to Minnesota and get paid the way that he did. Like he reset the quarterback market when he went to the Vikings and now he's got an opportunity to do it again. Like I I think someone will do that. Someone will give him that kind of money because that's just the way things are right now. Like he's, he's a, He's a much better quarterback than like Baker Mayfield, which you know Baker Mayfield is going to hit the market, and there's going to be teams that convince themselves to give him like a three-year deal.
1: Baker's going to get like forty million a year, right? Like we, (laughs) it's like no, I'm okay on not doing that. I will give no, but like I mean that because I I, that number is always like at the forefront of my brain because that's where Dak is currently at. Uh, but if if we look at it from a um, an annual average value perspective, hang on, I'm pulling up over the cap average per year right now. How many quarterbacks do you think make more than forty million a year? Four, nine. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Josh Allen at forty three, Mahomes is listed at forty five. I know his contracts like. You know, it's like the back of the Declaration of Independence and, like, nobody knows the whole, like, total truth. Um, Deshaun's at 46. Kyler's at 46.1. Russ is at 49, although that's about to be ripped up. Um, And then last year, we got Hertz at 51, Lamar 52, Herbert 52.5, and Burrow 55. And Dak is probably going to get maybe 60. And we'll see um, this offseason. Like, so, like, yeah, I think it's way conceivable that Baker's going to get 40 i mean if if daniel jones is making that and you know i know that that's just a contract but that's those that's less than the franchise tag at this point in time you know what i mean like that's crazy but like he's gonna make that and um in a similar way like yeah kirk is gonna make easily kirk, kirk can completely ask for 50 million dollars a year completely i mean how can how like how can you refute that right now based on the market and based on his performance you can't like you said we gotta do
0: something about these quarterback contracts this is insane.
1: <laughs> I mean, it really is, but, like, Jared Goff is at 33. Cousins is at 35 already. Um, yeah. What was Baker's one deal at? Uh, wow, where, he's got to be way down here. Um, I don't even see. I haven't. I'm surely. I've missed him, I have to imagine. I
0: mean, I I feel like it was cheaper. Like, it was, like, one year, like, $15 million or something like that.
1: I don't see Baker. Hang on. I'm actually going to Google this. Baker Mayfield. Buccaneers contract you're, you're gonna guess 15 million dollars oh my gosh he had a one-year deal worth four million dollars
0: <laughs> so I to Baker's credit he played well above that
1: but yeah he, I mean he,
0: did, he, he earned some more money but 40 million dollars for Baker Mayfield at this point is crazy
1: dude I mean but like so who I mean, maybe this is just, you know, we've, we've spawned a a web of, um, (laughs) of questions, but like who conceivably is going to be active in the legitimately, you know, legitimate starter quarterback, you know, market in free agency. Um, like, again, just throwing out teams generally, you know, maybe one will or won't, but just to get a number, um, Seattle maybe. Right. Yeah, I think they just they just rest- or gave Geno some more money. Though. I know, but okay, fine. Atlanta, yes. Tampa? Yes. yes, even if it's Baker. Minnesota? Yes, even if it's Kirk. I don't know about Chicago. I mean, probably not. Washington, that's 4, right? Um the Raiders, 5 conceivably unless they want to, you know, wait for the draft. The Broncos potentially 6. The Titans maybe 7. I mean, stop me if I'm if I'm wrong on one. The Steelers, eight maybe. Um and the Jets, oh no, sorry, the, the Jets. It's easy to forget about Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, the Patriots though? So, yeah. Nine. So, you're talking about maybe let's call it plus over under eight and a half teams that are going to be involved in the free agent quarterback market. These are the quarterbacks set to hit free agency um as things currently stand right now. I'm trying to uh, isolate them by quarterback. I don't know. Uh Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Charod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Baker, Jameis Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, who's retiring. Um, obviously, uh, he's just listed here. So uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, like as you can see, like the list gets pretty dire pretty quickly. So yeah. Kirk is Kirk is the best on the market. Is Baker not the second best quarterback of all the ones that I just listed? Yeah, I guess. So like yeah, I, I guess if the question is, is Baker Mayfield gonna make forty million dollars a year? I'm kind of willing to say yes, even if it's a one year deal. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: you talked me into it. Um, wow, that's a
1: successful first question. It's a series not great of questions by me.
0: Uh, I would not want to be the team that is in that scenario where you have to give Baker Mayfield forty million dollars. But uh, yeah, it, it, that is very ugly. Uh, All right, my question was fantastic. So good luck topping it. <laughs> Uh, I think my first one is going to be chiefs related and <sighs> it really just has to do with um, like what this defense is going to look like next season, because the chiefs have two of the highest rated free agents in the NFL this off season and Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed. And I've seen a lot of people talk about like, well, they can, they can tag Chris Jones and then trade him and work out a long-term deal with Lejarius Sneed. And I, it is just it's much more likely that they tag Lajarius Sneed and try to work out a long term deal with Chris Jones at this point, because Chris Jones, if they tag him, it's like a thirty two million dollar cap hit and the mm-hmm. Chiefs just aren't going to commit that much of the cap dedicated to him on a one year deal after they basically restructured his deal last off season to give him a little bit more money this season, but it was all loaded up with incentives because he was getting fined like crazy for missing training camp. Also Chris Jones should fire his representation. Mm-hmm. I think his agents are terrible, but um, it, it's really just what does this defense look like if they have to retool it a little bit. And I, I think that that path tagging Sneed, working out an extension with Jones I think the chiefs defense could be really, really good Uh, again next season. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not there's any truth to Chris Jones, like being like, I want to stay in Kansas city. I want to be here and keep winning titles. Or if Chris Jones wants to be the highest paid defensive tackle in football, because he's about to be 30 years old, but he was so good last season that he should still be the highest paid defensive tackle in football. I just don't know if that's going to happen. If he winds up sticking with the Kansas city chiefs,
1: my take on this is multiple part fold one. Chris Jones had a horrible financial year, right? Like really, you know, floundered the way everything unfolded. It's been well documented at this point in time. So we don't have to necessarily rehash that. So it makes sense that he would be looking to get the bag, so to speak. I'm not cool enough to pull that expression off. Um, But there is a lot of value to being a part of a dynasty and, and being a legitimate main character of a dynasty. Chris Jones is the main character of the defensive side of the ball in this Chiefs dynasty, right? You agree? Like even yeah. even more than Spags cuz he's the only one who yeah. you could you can say is like the common denominator. Now he, Spags, he, is,
0: he is the best player on that side of the ball uh, that the Chiefs have had since Derek Thomas.
1: Right. And the fact that he now has 3 titles and if he picks up a fourth, again, like there's a lot of value. You you want to be a part of the backstreet boys as long as you can. And you can't go solo right now. And expect your your legacy to be the same. Because if you remain a part of this, you, you win four titles, you're part of back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, right? Like all these, you know, extra things. Like your long-term earning potential in retirement is significantly greater than most NFL people who retire, right? Just based on the life of a professional athlete. So I, I think that while Chris Jones is probably frustrated with the way everything went down, it's in his best interest to stay it's 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 absolutely in his best like and th- that's unique to him that isn't even unique to legerius sneed like legerius needs kind of a mercenary at this point like he's kind of um maybe th- mercenary is not the right word but kind of the same sort of mold that i think stefan gilmore was in with the patriots right like showed up had your amazing year got your title now go just like did and you know be whatever um so I, I don't see a world in which Chris Jones isn't back like ba- based on all the evidence at play that if if I were advising, I'd be like, look man, I know you might make less, but a, you don't have to move it, it sucks. like we all know you know really sucks. but like you want to be a part of this like there's a lot of value to being a part of this however it ultimately all ends and you don't want to throw that away for a, a short-sighted goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I hope that's how he feels, because he's obviously already a Chief String of Honor member. I think he's a, a Hall of Fame caliber player, and if he stays here and wins rings, he's only, only going to solidify that. But it, it it's also like going somewhere else and not winning is... A lot different when you have done so much winning and like at this point in your career at the back half of it, do you really want to go somewhere and just and be playing for in games that don't mean anything? Because I think Chris Jones cares about the titles and the success that they've had here in Kansas City.
1: He has to, because he's he's a direct benefit from them in a way that a lot of people who have been a part of this whole thing aren't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, were, if, we were talking before we started recording, like Tyron Matthews, this like really n- notable NFL character, and he has like a fraction of the place in this story that Chris Jones does.
0: Yeah. And if Chris Jones didn't have the rings, he wouldn't be talked about as like a Hall of Fame caliber player. Like he is a tremendous NFL player, but like his regular season stats, like. They're not Aaron Donald's year-over-year year regular season stats.
1: No, but but like when you when you pick up this much hardware, let's be very clear. I think you agree. Like acting like he's anywhere in, in Aaron Donald's stratosphere is absurd, which is more of a testament to Aaron Donald than an yeah. indictment against Chris Jones. But when you pick up all this hardware, it leads to dumb conversations in the future. Like, I don't know, man, Chris Jones, he showed up every year in the playoffs. Remember Super Bowl 58 against the, the Niners and blah, blah. Like, there's value to like actual monetary value to be gained from all that, which is why, again, I think it's in his best interest to stay. Are you ready for my next question? Yeah, let's go. So we are sort of loosely basing this conversation off of uh, an article that ESPN had this week, and it was 2024 NFL free agency, best team fits for the top 50 players. Chris Jones was number one, and Kirk was number three. Um, I want to talk about number seven on the list, uh, and it's a friend of SB Nation. JP and I spoke to him at the Super Bowl. T. Higgins, who will be the team to do it? These are the wide receivers set to hit free agency to kind of play my game from a moment ago. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, players who present legitimate options in their own right, obviously, um, you know, for certain reasons, but, you know, different timelines for your franchise, potentially. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Mike Thomas, if you think it's 2017 still, Cordero Patterson, DJ Chark, Cedric Wilson, who I always loved. I mean, on and on and on. Hardman. Hey. Um. Hollywood Brown is an interesting name. Calvin Ridley is an interesting name. But then there's T Higgins. Like, I don't think there's a question that he's the best wide receiver on the market. And so who is the I think the best archetype situation is the team with a rookie quarterback contract to build around. And so, like, how could my my pitch is for the Houston Texans to do it? I don't that's but I want to hear your thoughts on that pitch. And my, my pitch is for the Texans to do every anything and everything. I've been in on the Texans. I have all the Texans stock around SB Nation. I think that's well documented at this point in time. They have the seventh most cap space in the NFL. Why not do it? I mean, why I mean, outside of the fact that like it's all pointless because of the Chiefs. But I mean, why not do it? Why not go get T. Higgins and Derrick Henry and whoever? And if not Houston, then who?
0: Well, I, I I would love to see him land in Houston with the Texans because I think. Tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins and T Higgins would be awesome to watch Mm -hmm. with CJ Stroud. And they obviously have the cap space to do it and make that happen. Um, you know, they're letting Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary out. And so they're going to have some other needs to fill there, but that would be awesome. I just don't really think that the Bengals are going to let T Higgins walk. Like, I I feel like it's so much more likely that they just wind up franchise tagging him and, trying to see if they can make another run and, and be at the top of the AFC again with a healthy Joe Burrow. I just, I, I really question the Cincinnati Bengals and and kind of the direction that they're in right now. Obviously, they're going to be a competitive team, but it feels like that's what they're doing. Like, they were like, we were so close. We made a Super Bowl, we lost, but we can be right back there. And you're ignoring like the red flags of the rest of their roster because their defense took a huge step back last season. So I feel like that's, more likely than him actually hitting the open market but um i also think like the carolina panthers are have <sighs> a bunch of money and they and it's their biggest need really like they have tons Dude, of need the no. i didn't
1: hate t higgins
0: but like yeah but like we we talk about that and we're like oh don't you want to win and so much of this stuff is so is so much about who's going to pay me the most money. Like we see it every year and every year we're like disappointed by a player going to a worse situation because we're like, well, why would he go there? He could have gone here and he would have won. <laughs> we just taking a little bit of a discount. And it's like, no, I'm trying to get paid and they were offering me the most money. So that's why I went there. Like the Panthers are a team that could offer T Higgins a ton of money and make one of the highest paid wide receivers in, in the NFL. And like, I think T Higgins is great, but he's also had some issues staying on the field. So I don't think I'd pay make him like one of the three highest paid wide receivers in football, but the Panthers could certainly do something like that.
1: Not apples to apples, but you're saying he could be to the Panthers, what Christian Kirk was to the Jaguars, even though again, that kind of has worked out, but similar sort of situation.
0: Yeah. Like it's, Wow, because I I mean we're we're talking well, and we're talking about at this point with wide receivers, like if you want to top a market deal, we're talking about twenty five million dollars, thirty million dollars. Like, I don't know that if I'm a competitive team, I'm probably not willing to give T. Higgins that kind of money. But uh, bottom feeder like the Panthers, yeah, I I think that they will absolutely pay that kind of money for a player like him.
1: Um, I'm gonna go again if that's all right with you. That's fine. Okay. Um, What is the Rams? And Lions, what are the Rams and Lions' big moves? Because, I mean, we've been talking cap space. The Lions have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth most cap space. Rams a little bit further down, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13th most. It feels like the, the we all expected the Lions to show up, although I don't think anybody expected it to be as fun as it was. I know I was down on the party and everything, but um, the Rams really over delivered. There has to be, like, they, they strike me as the two teams that are not going to you know wait around they recognize that the window is now and they're going to charge forward in free agency
0: yeah um i think they're two of the most interesting teams this offseason and the the rams specifically like it it feels like they really need an edge rusher because their, their defensive line was better i think last year than even they probably anticipated and a lot of that is because aaron donald is still really really good um but their edge pressure was really bad last season. Like they just don't have talented edge rushers. So that's a big need. They need, they need to address their offensive line too to try to protect Matthew Stafford better moving forward. So I could see those being big moves that are are at the top of their list. As far as like free agents
1: go. Um, Maybe maybe it's Brian Burns. Finally, like, you know what I mean? Like at long last for the Rams, it's like, okay, let's just, you know, we've been eyeing each other. Let's just get this done. Yeah. And like
0: Lions. And like for Aaron Donald too, like he's at the back end of his career. So mm-hmm. like they gotta I, I feel like the Rams are probably like we are ahead of schedule, like compared to where we really thought we were gonna be last season. So I could see this being another off season where the Rams are like, we're pushing all of it and <laughs> and just trying to do it again with with this short window that they've got Stafford and Donald together. Uh, but for the Lions, it, I think it's really all about defense. Um I think they, they need another reliable like wide receiver, too, that can make plays. And maybe it is Jamison Williams. I, I don't think we've really had a fair look at him in the NFL so far, like the mm-hmm. injury and then the suspension. And it's like, okay, can he make it through this offseason? And can we actually get a full sample size of Jamison Williams and what he can contribute? But even last year when he was healthy, he, he was still kind of like a part-time role player. He wasn't really like Josh Reynolds was taking a lot more uh, of the offensive snaps than Jamison Williams was. And then it, but on the defensive side of the ball, like that was the lion's biggest issue this season, mostly their secondary. They could use another pass rusher too. Cause it's Aiden Hutchinson and a bunch of other dudes that don't really contribute all that much. But their secondary, they made those moves this past season, like bringing in Emmanuel Mosley and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It just didn't really work. Um, those guys had injuries all season, so
1: they've got some huge issues to figure out on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that's where they have to start. Okay, that's the Lions and Rams. Good job. I agree with you for what it's worth. I mean, I like, I really don't. They they do strike me as teams who are going to be awake, and like it could be like a matter of like. Um, like the Brian Burns things makes makes a lot of sense just because of the history there. But like, um, I mean, I don't know. Like it would not shock me if like, like we're look, I'm just looking at this name, like um, if Justin might gay winds up somewhere like this, you know what I mean? Like just like there there is going to be the one like, well, like Javon Hargrave to the Niners last year it was kind of like, oh, whoa, like they really don't want to lose a step. Um, so that's my question.
0: I had two in a row. It's I have a question for you and okay. has to do with Cowboys. Great tackle Tyron Smith. And
1: is, is, there's a chief slant on this. I'm going to.
0: Well, make. no, but so, well, sort of not, not specifically to the Kansas state chiefs, but so is his time done with the Cowboys and is it worth giving him a sizable chunk of change for somebody else who needs a left tackle because of his injury issues over the past several years?
1: I would much rather have Tyron around than not if you're a Super Bowl contending team, which the Chiefs obviously are. Uh, they're the Super Bowl contending team. I think the Dallas Cowboys are in the mortal way that most teams are Super Bowl contending teams. Um, especially because a lot of a lot has been made. I don't know how much of it you've seen uh, about Jerry Jones's we're going to be all in comment that I, I think was just generalizing not like a real thing but if you are trying to do something serious this season i think you have to you have to take that risk with tyrant you, you just have to like it's too different you have too many other things you have to do that you can't devote a serious resource to the left tackle position this offseason um now something i i do think is interesting on this note specifically and i wrote about this at btb um i don't know who you're who, actually i'll just put you on the spot who's your favorite draft analyst right now your favorite non arrowhead pride draft analyst uh
0: probably nate tice though i don't think he's like specifically like a draft analyst but he's really good at it
1: yeah i'm talking like the main draft I people. guess nate, nate is way too you know yeah versatile. i mean he's, dane, he's not dane just dane a draft. Gugler,
0: i guess would be the okay, hand dane, hand that's answer. a
1: great answer dane actually used to do a show for DallasCovers.com. i don't know if you if you knew that but um so way to go full circle here um I think Daniel Jeremiah would be a lot of people's answer. Obviously the face of NFL media's coverage of, uh, of the draft. And, um, and in his second mock draft that went out on Tuesday of this week, he had the Cowboys taking uh, Oklahoma tackle Tyler Guyton, which is fine. Like I'm not like I have zero issues with this, but it was his explanation that I thought was really interesting. He said, you know, what Tyron Smith said to hit free agency. Um, and this isn't necessarily a Tyron point, but it kind of factors into the whole conversation. He so said, what Tyron said to hit free agency Tyler Smith, who the Cowboys took in the first round two years ago now, um, can play left tackle and Tyler Guyton can play right tackle. And I thought that was interesting because the Cowboys paid Terrence Steele $80 million to play right tackle last year. Um, Now some people read this and this works with every fan base. Some people are like, oh Daniel Jeremiah has no idea what he's talking about. This just goes to show he doesn't even know the teams. Uh, He has an expression that he says all the time that he, um, he builds his big board with his eyes, but he Assembles his mock drafts with his ears, right? Like just kind of discussions he hears around the NFL. So yeah. I wonder if there's like conversation from people about the Cowboys adjusting their tackle situation. Maybe that involves playing Terrence Steele at left guard. They've talked about that before. Um, but I mean, under that presumption, they seem to, you know, be willing again in DJ's hypothetical specifically to move on from Tyron. Now, Tyron did say this week that he wants to play for the Cowboys in 2024, but what else is he supposed to say? So um, I, I, I would predict that he returns, but if he left, I wouldn't be like devastated. It would suck. But I mean, I, 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 it, it won't hurt as much as a lot of other things would But like with, with all of his injuries. Like, does he still have the juice to actually
0: like go somewhere and be an elite left tackle?
1: Did you know that Dak Prescott is the longest tenured starting quarterback in the NFL?
0: No, didn't.
1: Yeah, like with his team. Like obviously, like Aaron Rodgers exists, but know, yeah, and Russell yeah. Wilson, but whatever. So like with his specific team. He has never played a full season with Tyron Smith. So that's crazy. I know. <laughs> the I mean, it's just and, and some of the early ones he missed like three games and whatever. And actually, Tyron was pretty healthy last year relative to, you know, the previous few years, but that felt like the exception. So like that the exception's gonna happen two years in a row. I mean the odds feel kind of small
0: yeah um my, my i have one more i have one okay. more question let's, let's do this uh, one
1: and then we'll jibber jabber and get out of here okay
0: uh it's really about the running backs because this just overall because this is seems like such a stacked class of free agent running backs like saquon barkley obviously atop the list i don't have any issues with that like you should be but then like josh jacobs derrick henry tony pollard austin eckler deandre swift Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, like Devin Singletary. Like, are any of these guys getting like significant money? Like Saquon Barkley is the only one that I think probably should. But even at that, like teams are so unwilling to pay these guys now. And like, I I remember like last offseason when Saquon Barkley was like holding out and then And immediately they just like restructured things a little bit to like give him a little bump in pay. And he was the same thing
1: with Josh Jacobs to your exact point. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Like, and it's because they have absolutely no leverage at all. And at this point, like it's not a great running back draft class. So I guess that kind of helps, but like who's going to pay these guys a ton of money, especially when none of them are coming off of like massively elite seasons. Like it's a loaded free agent class with a bunch of names that, you know, but they're all guys that are kind of like past their prime, unless you want to make the case for Saquon, but like Saquon still hasn't been Christian McCaffrey or anything
1: like that. So I have several things to say, but I want to kind of quiz you on something. Um, the great OCC, a blog on the boys wrote an article and I've actually referenced this a lot this week. That's how great of an article it was. Um, this was a few days ago now, especially when this episode goes out um, and it was uh learning from the past nine free agency mistakes the Cowboys should not repeat. And I think you could kind of apply this to any team, to be fair. Uh, But number one was to avoid the veteran running back. Now, OCC included the five biggest contracts handed out in free agency over each of the last two years. So of those 10 players, because it's 10 different contracts, how many running backs do you think improved from a rushing yardage standpoint so like had more yardage with their new team on the first year of the deal that was given to them in free agency of the 10. Christian McCaffrey
0: I think he was a it. trade
1: he was traded for so he's, he's okay not so yet.
0: we're saying running backs that hit the open market and signed with a new team
1: yeah five in in the top five biggest contracts last year and the top five of the year before I don't know maybe two
0: one yeah, it's not it doesn't happen very often So say yeah. I know Miles Sanders didn't improve last season with the Panthers.
1: These were the five biggest contracts handed out two years ago to running backs in free agency. Um, and these aren't all necessarily even uh, new teams. So Brandon Bolden, again, this is where we're at, like with <laughs> over the last two years, like that. This was the fifth yeah. biggest contract. Uh, and Brandon J-
0: Bolden probably didn't have a very high bar to
1: clear. Um, JD McKissick oh, he had 226 yards and he still didn't clear it to the point so uh, JD McKissick this was again 20, uh, 22. Um, he had 212 yards to clear and couldn't Rashad Penny um, who and McKissick and Penny both returned to their teams Chase Edmonds remember all that hype and uh, how like amazing that was going to be uh, Chase Edmonds when he was coming off of his uh, time with Arizona had 592 yards had 120 in his first season in Miami and Leonard Fournette um, you know, very recently, coming off the playoff Lenny stuff, uh, he had he went from eight twelve to six sixty eight, so zero of the five uh, last year. Uh, the only one who has done it in the last two years was David Montgomery, uh, but some of that was the supplemental play of Junior Gibbs, right? Like that. So like, you actually had to invest more than hand out the second biggest contract running back on the open market. You said Miles Sanders, he was the biggest. Actually, he went from twelve hundred yards to four hundred thirty two. Jamal Williams uh, not only dipped significantly in yards, but in all the touchdowns he had from the year before. Samaj P. Ryan, but I thought this wasn't even OCC's point, but the fifth biggest yeah. contract last year, Stephen handed out to a running back, was Dalvin Cook. And that didn't even happen until halfway through training camp. And yeah. he also underdelivered, but like that was like that fits your point that like. You, you could have waited until half so one team did wait until halfway through training camp and still handed out the fifth biggest contract to the position group over the offseason.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like there's going to be some, some like early spending maybe like for a, a team like the Texans that can, can build and, and have the money or whatever, but it's still not going to be like a ton of money. And I, I just don't think that any of these guys, because like, I mean, I would still be depending on what the Cowboys decide to do with Tony Pollard. Like, I'd be interested in Pollard. Like, was last season just, you know, coming off of the ankle surgery? Like, can he bounce back and produce the way he did early in his career? Or is that like who he is now? But like the rest of these guys, I probably wouldn't go near. Saquon's just going to want too much money. Josh Jacobs has tons of tread on his tires and really only like one elite season. And Derrick Henry is clearly just like old and not the same player, but could still be Productive in in like in like a shared backfield. I don't think Derrick Henry should get 25 touches a game anymore.
1: I agree with you entirely. I did want to interject this note um, on Pollard specifically. Um, people heard my interview with him from the Super Bowl last week on the NFL show feed. Um, shout out to you, Rachel, and kissed. I don't know how much you were doing because you were you were kind of busy like with the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So yeah, whatever. But anyway, um, he, I asked Tony when he really felt like himself. And he said the week the Dallas played the Carolina Panthers from that month, that was week 11 from week 11 on PFF's highest graded rusher was Tony Pollard. So, like, like, you could talk yourself into it. You know what I mean? Like, if and again, if it's a fair deal, like relative to the market, which is going to be fair to you in general as a team, um, he might be the one I'd be most interested outside of Saquon for obvious reasons. Yeah, like J.K. Dobbins, like you're not paying J.K.
0: Dobbins anything at this point. I
1: really would love to see all these players get paid, but J.K. was it last year that he wanted to like hold out or whatever, and it was yeah, like, he tried. To. Okay, <laughs>
0: like, and I feel I feel bad for him because he's just had such bad luck
1: in his career, and he was right. a player that
0: I really liked coming out of college. But at this point, like the injuries are too stacked up. There's no way you can be confident that guy is the same player that he was when he was drafted.
1: Wow. These were some good questions. I really feel like we did our job. Do you? Yeah. I feel like we killed it. Uh, um, this, this time of year, especially. That's, I mean, well, if you think this is bad, I mean, just wait. <laughs> um, one point of jibber jabber from you. Send us out right. Give us something to ping pong around. Um,
0: I am going to go see uh, the new Cohen or er, Ethan Cohen's new movie. It's not the Cohen Brothers' new movie uh what's it called getaway dolls or something like that sounds really good i'm gonna go see it this weekend
1: Even cohen i don't know any i don't know any of the words that you just said um <laughs> okay cool that wasn't real great driveway
0: dolls that's what it's called not getaway dolls driveway dolls it's gonna um, be awesome I'm not gonna go see madam webb I, I chose not to you
1: you had said you were thinking about it so yeah
0: I, I decided to spend my time better last weekend
1: Wow. Um, I saw a quote from, or it was like a clip from uh, Dakota Johnson. Is her last name? Is that correct? Yes. So in the, um, you, you might have seen this. Um, this is a good jibber jabber. Like learn from the jibber jabber pro here. Um, in the, it was like, it was a TikTok just to be fully clear. In the video, some the, the interviewer was like, I have some, I have a quote I want to read you from the trailer from Madam Webb. And she was immediately just like, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and um, it, you you might be able to tell me, it was the quote about, in the movie, um, her mom was studying spiders in yeah. the Amazon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and so the interviewer said, are you aware? And he said it in a really nice way. But he was like, are you aware that everyone thinks this is super dumb? Like, that was the gist of his question. Yeah. And she was like, no. And he was like, well, it went viral. <laughs> and and I mean, she clearly was aware, you know what I mean? Like she yeah. was clearly like, so then he, he kept going and he was like, well, it went viral. And then I felt really bad for him or really awkward for him. Cause she went, well, why did it go viral? And I was just thinking like, dude, how are you going to answer this question without telling her that her movie sucks? And then he, he really did try. He was like, well, I think it was just, you know, out of context, um, it sounded interesting. And, you know, people were just kind of curious for the context. And then she said something that I thought was incredible. Uh, this is the genesis of why I wanted to bring this up. She said, "Well, isn't any sentence out of context? Out of context?" And I yeah. just, I, I want to use that as much as I can in my life now because it, it was both brilliant and really, really weird.
0: I think that she knows that movie's garbage. Like I think based on this press tour and all the publicity that they've been doing for it. Like they know it's bad. And I'm I'm totally convinced at this point that Sony and their spider verse or whatever that is just complete and utter garbage. The Venom movies suck. Uh, Morbius was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like I'm I'm fully convinced that the like online cult of like Morbius where they're like they thought, oh, people actually love this movie. And it was just like online culture tricking them into re-releasing it and losing a bunch more money. Like, I think their takeaway from that was like, no, people actually like our movies. And so they just keep cranking out these awful movies. And I wish they would just stop.
1: That was a good, solid point of jibber jabber, I think. Um, I want to ask you one last thing that the out of context I maybe think of. Oh, uh, you're a community fan, right? The, the TV yeah. show? Um, now, maybe you've thought about this before. I think it's the Christmas episode from season three. During the Troy and Abed Christmas rap, you know and I'm talking about, Mm-hmm, I think so. One of the lines in the rap, Troy ch- Childish Gambino says, "If years were seasons, this December would be the December of our December." And I've never understood or had anyone been able to explain to me <laughs> what that means.
0: So do you want me? <laughs> you just want to know what I think? So yeah, I want
1: to know. Uh, maybe you can help me. If not, you know, something to think on for next week. And something this for the December listeners to think. About expert. Would if be you, the December of our December. If years were seasons, this December would be the December of our December. Actually, I think Abed says it. And I I found a Reddit thread on this. And like some explanations are that Abed evaluates life through the prism of television. And so he's saying like seasons as in seasons of television, whereas my brain thinks of it as like seasons of the year. So if years were seasons, this December would be the December of our December.
0: Yeah, I think the the t- the TV explanation works that's super jabber 101 baby